strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and president of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. You may have heard of lab-grown meat, but have you ever heard about lab-grown human breast milk? Yes, you heard me right. I'm talking about artificial breast milk. Claiming to be better for the environment, Biomilk is a biotech company working to develop lab-grown breast milk. The product is actually created from cells taken from human breast tissue and milk donated by women in the local community who receive a Target gift card in return. Go figure. The North Carolina-based startup company has raised millions of dollars from investors like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and Richard Branson. And ironically, became quite appealing last year after a panic arose from formula shortage. So is biomilk connected to formula shortage? Can anything actually replace natural breastfeeding between a mother and her baby? Shouldn't we be more focused on the bigger issue of why so many women struggle with breastfeeding? Well, today I'm very excited to be joined by a very smart young woman by the name of Victoria Fonville. Victoria and I met recently in an event, and I was just so blown away by her knowledge of pregnancy, nutrition, and maternal health. She recently graduated from Meredith College, where she received her master in science degree in nutrition, and will start her PhD in nutrition science at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro, this August. So Victoria, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you were able to come on today. Oh, thank you, Penny. I'm so happy to be here and to get to speak with you. You know, you and I got to meet each other recently, as I said, at an event, and we just started talking. And I was just so blown away by the just knowledge you had and for your heart for maternal child health. So why don't you start out and telling us about how did you get into that? And, you know, as a young woman, what was your interest there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this question now because... I got my master's degree, and when I look back at my academic career until this point, it's really, um, it's really been the providence of God that got me into what I'm doing now. Because I started out doing exercise science, and then I transferred to North Carolina State for athletics, and they didn't offer exercise science as an option. So the next closest thing was nutrition. So I really was kind of forced into it, if you can say that. Um, but God's hand was in it the whole time because I love this field. And while I was at North Carolina State, I took my first maternal and infant nutrition course. And that was it for me. I mean, everything I learned just was so amazing to me. Um, and I just was continued to be drawn towards this subject. And then even when I went to get my master's degree in nutrition, um, whenever we had a project or a research assignment, I always covered maternal infant nutrition, breastfeeding, um, because I just love it. It's such a unique and special life stage for a woman and her baby, because when it comes to nutrition, if, when you have a pregnant woman, you're not just considering one person, you're considering two people. 
And that's just something you don't get at any other life stage. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I'm so thankful. Well, you said, I think you said in our conversation that what I think one of the things that drew you to it is how it just points you to God, right? Into, you know, God's divine miracle of life and how life begins at conception. Can you share a little bit of what you were able to glean, maybe some insights that none of us have thought about when it comes to the miracle of, of, of maternal health and, and the child mother relationship and the symbiotic relationship there? Absolutely. And that's, that's another thing where I just, I, I've been so blown away. I mean, my education has been secular. Um, and I, I've been pro-life. I was raised pro-life, but I mean, when I started learning what I've learned about maternal and infant nutrition, it has just strengthened my position because I really believe that the advances we've made in this field really do point towards life at conception, life in the womb. Uh, to give you an example, I mean, on a broad scale, just think about where we start in nutrition. So when we start talking about nutrition for an individual, we actually start preconception because what we've seen from the research and from the science um, fairly recently is that at those earliest stages of development at conception, the nutrients that are available really do have an impact on that baby and the development of the baby and the growth of the baby. And I, I really do think that's that just, yeah. And that, and that just shows, I mean, there's life there because there's life that's being affected by the nutrients in the environment. That- okay. Are you telling me that, you know, we we're, I think we're at this stage and for a number of reasons, I think women are marrying later. I mean, we know this for a fact and starting families later, men and women are both, you know, in a developed country often do start later. Um, and I think, I know that it's impacted our conception rates and we're not even at replacement rate in our country, by the way. I mean, the people that were worried about population overgrowth and feeding everyone, now we've got the opposite problem in most countries. Um, So are you saying that like even, let me me say it this way. Do you think that lack of fertility can be tied to bad nutrition? Do you think that those two things coexist or have an impact on each other? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't want to speak too far out of my field because I haven't done that much research Mm -hmm. in this area, but I've talked to other dietitians who work with these uh, populate mothers and fathers trying to get pregnant and Mm -hmm. nutrition absolutely plays a role um, in the ability to conceive and, um, and it's just so important in those first days of development. Uh, one example that has always stood out to me is uh, folate. So ever since 1998, I believe the United States um, started fortifying most of our grain products with folate because you need folic acid for DNA development. And if a mother is deficient in folate, when she uh, conceives, she might not even know she's pregnant. And that can have really horrible consequences on the baby later in life. You know, you hear of, you might have heard of neural tube defects. Mm-hmm. So without folate, neural tube defects could form. So, and this is all happening in the first days. I mean, mm. conception, those first weeks. So very early. Um, and in my opinion, it just clearly shows there's a baby there. There's a human there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I think that's really yes, beautiful. and it has its own nutritional needs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when the first thing that happens for most women when we when you suspect you're pregnant, pregnant, and you after you've taken you know that first pregnancy test, now we can do it at home. Um, and, you know, before our time in our mother's, my mother's time, you went to the doctor for that first pregnancy test. And now we can do it at home and we know really early whether we're pregnant or not. So when you go make that doctor's appointment, the first thing they do is they give you vitamins, you know, they give you maternal vitamins. And um, because they all know that now you're supporting another life and, you know, this child has also nutritional needs and we'll take from the mother from my understanding like you know we'll we'll deplete our own bones for instance in order to give calcium to our little babies that's the way that we're designed and we really wouldn't have it any other way am i correct in that yeah and i think um this is something that was always really interesting to me because we hear a lot from i'm going to say pro the pro abortion crowd you know the fetus is a parasite Um, but that's not true. And the scientific community knows that because a parasite is an organism that lives in or on another organism and will derive nutrients from them at the organism's expense. Mm -hmm. But in the case of a mother and a baby, if the mother is in a period of starvation, that baby is actually going to suffer potentially brain damage Mm. or growth restriction because the mother's body isn't necessarily going to start breaking down to save that baby in the way we might see a parasite Mm. act on its host. So Um, it won't, the the baby will not deplete the mother to the point where she's damaged, but the baby will actually be the one that's harmed is what you're saying from bad nutrition. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's, I, you know, bad nutrition is rampant in our country. You know, I, I, you know, I have grown children and it was always sort of a, you know, slog to make sure that all they wanted to eat was, you know, chicken nuggets at that, at some point, you know, or whatever, and making sure they're eating vegetables. And, you know, I worked really hard to even disguise it in different foods. And I would hide, you know, carrots and chili and, you know, all kinds of silly things to try to get those, you know, special, you know, vitamins and nutrients that they needed. And of course everybody got vitamins, but I, you know, not every mom has the ability or the knowledge base to do that. And so I think we're seeing a generation of kids who are struggling perhaps even educationally because they're on junk food as, and even in school lunches, which are notoriously often the worst, um, no wonder they can't concentrate. Right. I mean, like, especially, you know, in a, in a, in a school district with struggling two parents who are both working in several jobs and the kids are just, you know, eating as they can. Anyway, I wanted to move on. Really the main topic I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Victoria, is um, what is happening with bre- breast milk? Because that's what you and I were talking about, um, you know, when we met together at our event. And I was shocked when you told me that there's this sort of Silicon Valley uh, investor group that wants to in, literally discourage women from nursing. And I've had this like little moment of deja vu when we were talking about it. You know, I, w- I was born in the late sixties. My mother, uh, you know, was an, a 
well, you know, not a well-to-do, but a middle-class woman and certainly not well-to-do. I should say that. <laughs> my parents were middle to low-class. My dad was a pastor. They were in Eastern Kentucky, Eastern Tennessee. And the, the um, formula companies and Carnation and all, all of those back in the day in the 60s did this whole campaign to um, tell mothers and poor mothers even that that buying their carnation product, buying their um, formula was better for their children than breast milk. It was all about making money because we know that's not true. And so my father, who was a pastor and very conservative when I had my first child, was surprised that I was nursing. You know, he still was sort of under that whole, you know, old, old establishment idea um, and commercial idea. And um, he thought it, and he even thought it was sort of like hippie. It was the hippies, you know, back in the 60s that nursed their babies. It was like flower children, granola kind of thing. And it's just, to me, it's baffling. And so my dad even said to me when about my first child, and I nursed both of my children, he said, um, why are you nursing? Like he thought it was kind of weird. And I said, dad, <laughs> I said, don't you understand that God created this perfectly. Don't you understand that when God creates a way for us to feed our children, that it's far superior than any other commercial endeavor. And there at that time, we knew that there was over a hundred ingredients in breast milk that couldn't be replicated in, in um, formula. And by the way, I used formula too. I supplemented with formula. Most moms do, and it serves a purpose. And some women sadly can't nurse. They want to, or they have to go back to work or whatever. I mean, it's certainly, I'm not anti-formula. It's really serves a purpose, but I am very discouraged by people who I think um, care more about their wallets than little babies and suggest that whether it's biomilk or whatever it is, that, that somehow that's the way sh we should go. And we know that Bill Gates has been very involved in the developing world and in Africa. And maybe there's reasons. I don't know if the mother, I don't know how, what transfers through breast milk and what doesn't diseases. And I can, I can understand that. But part of me thinks, I don't know that this is really about caring for babies. I think this is perhaps about building a portfolio, especially with the people that was, um, I mentioned, and I name a wolf who um, many like a, may not be um, aware of. She is a very, very intelligent woman. She has a PhD. Um, she is on the other side of most issues. In fact, she was part of the campaign for both Clinton and Obama, helping them get elected and helping them to appeal to women, helping them like, you know, build their campaign in a way that. Um, women would vote for them and support them. And she, for many years, was atheist. She's come back to her Jewish roots. And I've noticed this like incredible change and her writings have changed. I, she, she has a Substack account that I follow and she's talked a lot about what's happened with our children, the whole transgender issue. She's like, she's appalled by that. But she said a couple of things, the quotes I just wanted to read here. She said, there's a war on breast milk. The most self-supporting thing God gave us was that women can feed their babies with their own bodies. Bodies. I mean, what a miracle. Like, she's so right about that. And then she said, 
Um, tech CEOs don't see anything wrong with disrupting human processes in order to maximize the revenue share of a digital product or a startup that they've invested in. And sadly, I think that's true. Um, so maybe I'm a cynic, but uh, regardless, talk to me about breast milk. We had this incredible conversation, which you just shared sort of the what we know now, even more so than when I was nursing my babies and came to the conclusion this was best. What do we know now about breast milk and how is it yeah. different from formula? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is one of my favorite topics. Um, I mean, this is what I want to go get my PhD in. I want to study this more because there's so much more to learn about it. Um, but already what we found is amazing. I mean, what the general consensus now is that breast milk is best. I mean, because if we think about it for years, thousands of years, women have been feeding breast milk to their babies. And it's the only thing the baby needs for the first six months because it's perfect. It has everything that baby needs. And um, first of all, it's safe. You know, there's no bacteria. There's no risk of your baby getting sick. You don't have to worry about that. And with formula, unfortunately, sometimes you do have to worry about that. There's been contamination in formula and sometimes it has been recalled. Um, so that's, that's one difference and one benefit of breastfeeding. Uh, second breastfeeding. I think when we think of breast milk or human milk, we can easily, you know, dismiss it as, you know, it's, it's just milk. It's just like, I'm going to go buy cow's milk or, you know, it has the carbs, the fats, the protein, but really it's so much more than that. I mean, it, yes, it has the carbs, the fats, the protein. It's amazing in that way. Um, but also it boosts the baby's immune system because the immunoglobulins that the mom has, which are just proteins that fight infection are passed from the mom to the baby through her breast milk. So this really enhances the baby's immune system um, and protects against uh, sun infant death syndrome and really reduces the risk for infant mortality. And the same cannot be said of formula. I mean, formula just doesn't have these, what we call bioactive compounds. It just doesn't. And so, um, it's just, it's just not the same. You can't, they're not really that compatible. Talk to, talk to me about one of the things that you told me that I thought was just mind blowing is that it's not static. Like it, it, it changes depending on what the baby needs from one day to the next. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It changes. I mean, cause we think about at the very beginning of pregnancy, with what's called the colostrum, that beginning milk that comes in in those first days after the mom gives birth. Well, the colostrum is much higher in protein content and a little lower in fat content. And that's because in those first days, I mean, that baby needs that protein mm -hmm. for their immune system. Well, and its digestive work. system is learning how to work, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things. And then as you know, the mother keeps nursing, the content can change and shift. And even in a single feeding, the macronutrient profile, the proteins and carbs and fats can shift in their amounts, um, which, and we haven't, there still needs to be more done in that area. We know it shifts. We're still kind of figuring out why, why? what makes it shift. Yeah. But just the fact that it's, it's shifting and changing yeah. and it's just amazing. It's just incredible. It's just well, incredible. and that was the other thing I was saying to my dad, like, you know, any, anybody that I have, I'm passing on now to my baby that cannot. So 
you know, she or my son couldn't get ill from whatever was going around, you know, in the system and their little systems early on, you know, they're much more vulnerable, but yet um, we're protecting them. We're protecting them with their, with, through our own bodies, through our own immune system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I just love about breastfeeding that makes it different from any other infant feeding option is the strong bonding that it promotes. I mean, you, it's such a special time between mom and baby Mm -hmm. where the two of them are so close and the baby is receiving nourishment from food that has been produced by the mother's own body. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And you, you just don't get that. And, and I say, I say all of this fully recognizing that there are so many barriers to breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is hard. Mm-hmm. I, the benefits are amazing, but I know it's hard. And I know there are some mothers who need to use formula. Yes. There are some babies who need it. I, right. And, and of course, you know, it is hard at the beginning, but then suddenly it's easier than anything else. Cause it's always with you. It's always fresh. You're not having to find clean bottles. You're not having to, when you're out and about, you know, all you need is a place to a calm, you know, clean place to sit down and, and a blanket over your shoulder and take care of business. But maybe that's me. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, it really, it gets much easier, but at the beginning you're right, but there are also benefits to the mom, right? For early on, once you've given birth, um, your body reacts to the fact that you're nursing. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So for the mother, I mean, it has been suggested that the risk of breast cancer is reduced. The risk of ovarian cancer is reduced. Um, it, there's some suggestion that it helps you kind of lose weight faster postpartum. And I think there is something to be said. Yeah, I that. think that's true. Yeah. Cause you are drawing on your body yes. stores, create this milk. Um, so that's amazing. Hormonally, it's mm-hmm. very helpful. Yes. It's- against depression, mm-hmm. um, so many benefits and it's free. Right. You don't right. Have to pay for it. So right. practically that's the craziest thing. Like poor women who are already struggling, this is the best way option for them to, to actually care for their babies. Again, it, we're not discounting that it doesn't work for everyone for, for medical reasons. So we understand that, but if you're able, if you can give it a chance, like, you know, it really makes a difference. The other thing is as a mom, once you've postpartum it, you mentioned it helps with depression because there's a natural, um, chemical, a serotonin that's released when you nurse. I mean, I used to experience it just as like this sense of relaxation and I would be thirsty. I always had to keep a water bottle close by and my body's telling me, okay, you need, now you need fluids and this like calm that comes over you. And again, I think it's just God's way of helping you to repair and to, you know, be able to, you know, replenish yourself. You know, once you've had your baby, you're, it, absolutely brings on contractions that helps your uterus shrink early on. You know, I would feel it, you know, I, and that wasn't always comfortable. That was one of the early things that made it hard, but you, your uterus has to shrink back down, down to size once you've given birth. And this uh, helps with that. And absolutely um, you are burning more calories. And I noticed that, you know, not immediately, but pretty quickly, you notice because your body again is having to work harder to develop, um, you know, more food for yourself and to, you know, feed yourself and your baby. 
But there's a, and again, I'm, I have no medical background. I'm just telling you what I know, uh, because from my own experience and from all the moms I talk to, there's that last 10 pounds that you hold on to while you're nursing. And then when your baby, you know, finishes nursing, like it just kind of falls off. And I think it's that, you know, for people that aren't necessarily believe in, in, uh, intelligent design, I believe God created us, but it's also biological and physiological that your body is storing a little fat to make sure if you hit a time of starvation or without food, you're still going to be able to feed that baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful process. And I, I, I do agree with what you said. It's for me, it points towards an intelligent design, a wonderful creator, because it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's complex. So Well, you are bright and beautiful and are going to go do incredible, great things for our country and for moms and babies. This is an importance of ministry, what you're doing. And so let me just encourage you, Victoria, thank you for coming on. And uh, we just look forward to following you and keeping up with you. So um, God bless you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, bringing you biblical perspectives to today's most pressing issues. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. We pray this episode has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit ConcernWomen.org.